Welcome into the New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek on this wonderful Monday morning for October 14th. On today's show, we have none other than Saints Hall of Famer and WWL radio color analyst Deuce McAllister. Deuce, how are you today? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm great. I mean, it's it's a Saints win. It's a Pelicans win. It's it's all good here at the Oshner Sports Performance Center. Nothing but good vibes. Definitely hard to beat, and we'll take it every, every day if it happens. Absolutely. I, I know this is a Saints podcast, but I know you are a big Pelicans fan. So were you able to see any of the game yesterday or any of the games so far in the preseason? Well, I wasn't able to follow yesterday's game as far as watching it. But, you know, I think that overall, uh, Alvin, even though he likes to play eight or nine guys, he's got a tough decision on his hand. I mean, because I think when you look at that squad, you've got about 10 or 11 guys that you can play. Obviously, I think injuries will play a part. But, I mean, he's got depth. And I think that's probably the biggest thing is right now it's just mixing and matching and figuring out where the pieces kind of fall through. Absolutely. I think that's been the conversation, uh, at least among the media, all training camp is who's going to play, who's who are you going to sit, uh, what are the lineups going to look like. So it'll definitely be an interesting uh, time season for the Pelicans. But going over to the Saints, obviously they defeated the Jacksonville Jaguars on the road 13-6 to yesterday. Deuce, I, we haven't talked to you since the Teddy Bridgewater uh, starting quarterback situation happened. What's your overall reaction now that the Saints have won four games without Drew? that you're a winner. I think that they have found and figured out ways to win games. And even they'll tell you uh, for Teddy, it's kind of been a roller coaster. It's been up and down play for him. And when I say that, I mean, as far as being accurate, like he normally is, you know, the biggest thing that I see for him is playing with confidence. When he has the confidence, he, he he's one of, uh, I guess what you would call an elite quarterback in the NFL. You know, and at times he's a little bit unsure. The first week against the Rams, I wouldn't really even uh, consider it. Obviously, you know, he goes out there and plays, but he didn't play as the starting quarterback. He came in off the bench, and, you know, you're playing on the road. You're playing against a really good defense, and I don't think anyone played as well. But the one thing that you've seen him do is play with more confidence. And yesterday, he'll tell you, it was not one of my better games. I can be a little more accurate. I can be a better deliverer of the football. But I think the most important thing when you look at it, you go and look at that uh, second half. Those last three drives as far as what that offense had, I think Teddy was 8 of 10, right at 100 yards, uh, when they needed the most, I mean, because you're trying to close out a game. So he knows there were some other opportunities where he missed some throws. And the biggest thing I think is he took care of the football. He didn't turn it over. You didn't put your defense in a negative um, position. And he knew that they were playing well there. So, I mean uh, – you're, you're 4-0 with him as a starter, and uh, he knows that he has to play better, and I think obviously everyone on offense knows they have to pick it up. As a player, obviously you always tell yourself control the controllables, right? And I feel like confidence is something that you can kind of control if you're Teddy Bridgewater, but it also helps to have your teammates around you to kind of build that confidence. And and when you have players like Drew Brees uh, on the sideline telling you certain things, uh, building that confidence, giving you words of affirmation. But if you're Teddy Bridgewater, how do you best control the confidence that you enter the game with? Is it game prep? Is it, uh, you know, telling yourself that you can do it? What as a player, if you're Teddy Bridgewater, are you telling yourself going into each week? I think it's the game prep. I think that's the biggest thing. Uh, 
him knowing the looks that he's going to get, they may hit you with a, a look that you haven't necessarily prepared for a lot. But once you get over, you see it, you, you, you feel fine. Him being comfortable with the game plan, I think all of those things are uh, the, probably the most important piece because if I've already studied for the test, then all I have to do is go out and take the test. And that's really, you know, his preparation. He does an outstanding job of being prepared and being ready to go out and play the game. That's not the question. The question is, can you go out and execute? And so for him, they get him a couple easy throws, get him into a rhythm. And you could see, I can't remember which drive it was, but it was kind of a funny, loose type of atmosphere. Those guys are out there doing some type of dance. I mean, he even had the offensive lineman out there doing some some. Uh, I, I wouldn't call it a line dance, but uh, I, I don't know what you call it. But they were out there doing some type of dance in the huddle. And so for him, it was like, all right, guys, let's, let's go have fun. You know, this is this is supposed to be fun. We're, we're out here to do our job. And for him, it's just having the confidence in his teammates. Absolutely. Well, J.D. and I have kind of tried to avoid talking about Jared Cook because we thought we put some voodoo on him at the beginning of the season, but now we're kind of seeing him get some offensive traction. He's gaining a little bit more confidence. That chemistry is starting to build with Teddy and Jared. But what are you seeing out of Jared, and why is he kind of having a little bit more success now in the Saints offense? It's comfort. It's comfort in that offense. It's understanding and knowing uh, not only what, what, what Teddy wants, but, you know, uh, being healthy as well. He got banged up a little bit at training camp, and he comes back. He's been practicing with Drew on how Drew likes certain routes, and then, you know, obviously Drew is only available for a game and a half. And so it's getting that confidence with Teddy as far as being on the same page and uh, because it's new for him. I mean, Jared's only, you know, this is his first year in that system, so he, he's not only continuing to learn a new system, but you want to get comfortable with quarterbacks and, certain routes where you want the ball, where they want to place the ball, um, and timing of those throws. So some, some, that, those, those things will continue to develop. But, you know, he, he's a talented guy. Uh, he's, he's a talented man. Let me put it that way. He's a talented <laughs> young man. Yeah, that that's a grown you man. Want, you want to be able – yeah, you want to be able to use his, his, his attributes to your, your, um, to your benefit. And I think any time that you can get him – a high ball, or you can get him matched up on a safety or a linebacker. You like that matchup. Absolutely. Well, when you look at uh, the offense for the Saints yesterday, it seemed like Alvin Kamara was just stagnant, which is something we haven't necessarily seen out of Alvin, especially this season. It seemed like every play he was just being met immediately at the line of scrimmage. And in fact, he had a lot of negative uh, yards yesterday for the Saints. What was going on with Alvin Kamara? Was it just the Jags defense that game planned and said, listen, we're just going to shut this guy down. We're going to make them completely one dimensional uh, and just force Teddy to throw the ball or was was something not uh, flowing for Alvin offensively it was probably a little bit of both I mean I think for him you know battling the knee injury battling the, the ankle injury um, you know he, he didn't have the same explosion I think it was a screen pass right there at the end of the first quarter I mean of, of, of the half he hit he looked like the old Alvin Kamara now they ended up being short and not getting the first down on that play. But he hit that play, and it was like, that's the explosion that you've been looking for. I mean, obviously, you know that he's not 100%, and so he didn't have that same burst, particularly early on uh, in that game. But I thought the second half, he did look like a lot better as far as him, him, him normal self. I mean, there were a couple opportunities where you never seen the first guy bring him down, and that's what they were able to do. I mean, the first guy was able to bring him down uh, you know, fairly easily early in that game. And so he just lacked that explosion 
in quickness, and so other guys had to step up, and that's why you're really proud of a guy like Latavius Murray. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though you know it wasn't his highest producing game in the NFL, it was his higher, highest producing game with the Saints, and hopefully they can continue to find the snaps for him because he can be a dif- difference maker for that offense. Yeah, you talk about stepping up. Latavius Murray definitely stepped up, but also the Saints defense. I mean, it seems like week after week the Saints defense just has an outstanding game and kind of puts the team on their back. Uh, when when you talk about this four-game win streak, what did you expect the Saints defense to be this good going into this year? You expected them to be good, but you didn't know how quickly it would gel. I mean, because you go back and you look at it, they didn't lose a lot of pieces. I mean, they they have pretty much that same core back as far as defenders are concerned. Now, yes, you know, Sheldon's still coming back from the Achilles, and then uh, you're you're putting Marcus Davenport in more so as a starter and not just spot-playing him. Uh, Malcolm Brown has really stepped up, and he's not not to say that he's been a surprise, but he's just been steady. And you saw David Onyemata continue to grow last year, and I think he's he's been able to step right into that role. So, I mean, from a defensive standpoint, you knew that they had all those pieces back and they were strong number two last year in, in run defense. Uh, they're not there now, but they're building their way back up to that. Uh, but I, I can't say that I'm truly surprised by it. I mean, they, they, they have been very, very good. I think it's uh, less than 246 yards the last three weeks of total yardage and you know uh, I know some people are, are, are saying well the Saints are lucky to be five and one right now their point differential is uh, plus six well you take out the the, the late um, touchdown that Seattle had and the untimed down that game's over I mean the Saints they they're they're winning you know more than 14 that, that last touchdown that was a, a a stat filler and then you take away the stat filler for Tampa Bay at the end of that game, Saints were up 14 in that game. I mean, they, they ended up kicking an onside kick, and obviously you don't need it. I mean, the Saints get it, and uh, but it's a, it's a touchdown. I mean, so there's 14 points right there when you look at a point differential um, difference as far as the Saints only being plus six. I think that they have done exactly what you want them to do. You're, you're upset because they've not had the interceptions. I mean, in yeah. five of them, they've been negated because of penalties. Uh, but that's what you want more of. Marshawn had one yesterday, and they probably got their hands on at least uh, two more balls. Eli Apple had a shot at one, and Demario Davis had a shot at one. If they convert those type of plays, then that's what you're really looking for. Yeah, Demario Davis, Marshawn Lattimore, Marcus Williams, Eli Apple all recorded a pass defense yesterday. We know Cam Jordan leading the defense with two sacks. He moves up uh, on the career sacks list, tying with linebacker Pat Swilling. Uh, But we have to talk talk about Marshawn Lattimore. What is the difference for him? Why is he doing so well, and why has he been a lockdown defender the last three, four weeks for the Saints? I think it's really him locking in at practice. I think it's him saying, hey, look, I got my legs back. Uh, I feel good. I understand my assignment. I understand what I want to do. I am going to go out there and prove that I am an elite corner. When you go back and look at that defense, even last year, it was the same thing, particularly for Marshawn. You know, the first probably three weeks, two weeks of the season last year, he wasn't very good. And then the last, you know, 13, 14 games of the year, He's in lockdown mode. It's been the same thing. You know, you, you, you go, you take the D. Hobson game. Marshawn probably didn't play his best game. You know, you you, you play Brandon Cooks. He, he didn't play his, his, his best game. But outside of that, 
you know, it's really been impressive to watch him go out and compete and just really take take the corners away. And, uh, you know, I think that the more that teams challenge him, the more that uh, teams go after their number one receiver, he's going to be willing to answer the call. And what's interesting is Eli Apple hadn't played bad either. I mean, uh, you're upset because uh, this two games in a row where he's had a chance to come up with interceptions. One, he did, but there was a penalty. And then last, you know, yesterday, he, he he's there to make a play. I think I think that he ran a route better than the receiver ran it. He just didn't hold on to the football. So uh, those those corners have played really really well. Yeah, absolutely. We hope to see that carry over uh, next week against the Chicago Bears. Deuce, before I let you go, our Seagate question: um, What is your favorite? You've you've been in the league. You've been a reporter, so you've traveled with the team for a while now. What is your favorite? location to cover a game from is it you know i know chicago's beautiful but it's only you know nice if it's not freezing there what's your favorite uh stadium to attend and in, in city to visit well it depends on what kind of food they have I mean, <laughs> and, and that that makes the difference so i guess you're in that a good spot in new orleans <laughs> uh our superdome food we gotta pick it up mm. we gotta pick our superdome food up well i meant just the city <laughs> Okay, I mean, if I'm eating in the dome or I'm eating in the city, yeah, I mean, obviously it's hard to beat in New Orleans, but I mean, there's some pretty nice restaurants, some pretty pretty good game day menus as well. So I mean, city-wise, it's hard to beat New Orleans, but I mean, you 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 look at New York, you look at Chicago, and there's this little Italian spot down in Tampa that we go to every time we visit. Look, I'm I'm I'm, I'm I, I eat well on the road. I'll just put it that way. <laughs> <laughs> all right, so it's all food-based. I love it. All right, dudes, thanks for uh, joining us on today's show. We appreciate you. All right, no problem. Thank you. A lot of good information there from Deuce McAllister and our own John DeShazer. Today's podcast was presented by SeatGeek. If you're trying to find tickets to football games or any other live event, it can be complicated. There's hundreds of sites and shady pricing. But with SeatGeek, you can do everything in one place. Search for and discover the best deals on seats. Buy from any device and sell and transfer tickets in just a couple taps. With their deal score technology, they rank the most valuable seats based on price, location, historical data, and more. Plus, every purchase is fully guaranteed, so you can shop for tickets on SeatGeek with confidence. Best of all, our listeners will get $20 off their first purchase when they use the SeatGeek app. Use code GOSAINTS at checkout. SeatGeek, let's go. All right, be sure to check in on NewOrleansSaints.com. We'll have post-game interviews, uh, the press conferences of Sean Payton and Teddy Bridgewater will all be be available on NewOrleansSaints.com. You'll also see the expert analysis from our own John DeShazer and read his post-game recap and, of course, uh, much, much more, including locker room photos, game action photos, and everything you could ever want on a website all in one place. That'll do it for today's New Orleans Saints podcast presented by SeatGeek. Thanks to Deuce McAllister for joining us on today's show. And, of course, thanks to my co-host, John DeShazer, and our producer, Daniel Salixson. Shout out. Uh, Join us on Wednesday for another edition of the New Orleans Saints podcast. Have a great Monday, everyone.